For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, if you're listening tomorrow. Welcome to the Wolves Fancast with me, Stu, obviously. Uh, we've got Jufo tonight as well, looking very Barney-like, as we established earlier. And since it is Easter and the time of resurrection, Josh is back. Or is he? <laughs> <laughs> there we are. So... Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> As we were discussing earlier, he uh, Josh enjoyed himself very much yesterday, and he uh, seems to oh, still be the, still be the case. Go on, what what oh, did you get up to God. then? Go on. Explain explain your night to us all before we get into things, oh. Josh. What was oh, that? Sorry. Explain your night of uh, a drunken adventure to us all. Just share with the group if you can. Oh. Oh, it wasn't even like that bad. It was just, I was still wow. in shock that we actually won one. <laughs> um, just, you know, a couple in spoons after the game. It never hurt anyone, did it? A couple. Talking, <laughs> talking, about, talking about a couple, which is what, to be fair, which is what I limited myself to today. How many Easter eggs did you have, Jafo? Um, none. I don't, I don't eat chocolate that much since... Well, if you, anyone knows anything about me since my operation, so yeah, I don't, I don't eat a lot of chocolate. So sorry to put a dampener on that one. Yeah, well, you, you've got a valid excuse there, um, Josh. <laughs> I just had the one. No, I haven't. I haven't had one. So yeah, that feels big let down. Yeah, <laughs> no, Make up for us all. No, look, that's what I said. I only had two. I mean. Uh, Back in the back in the glory days when I had hair and everything, not that that matters to this story, but <laughs> when, when I, I used to like power through at least six or seven, just because you because you got you got some from everywhere, and you get some from your parents and your aunties and uncles and stuff like that. And but Cadbury's the, is only good. There's all the other Easter eggs are terrible. There's only nah, Cadbury's nah. that's any good. Now nah, see, this is this is the difference because with Easter, I, I eat more Nestle at Easter than I do all the rest of the year nah, together. Terrible. Just because with Cadbury's, it's, it's guaranteed to be good anyway, regardless of the time of year. So it's just a bit, it's just more of that. Whereas Nestle, like, I had a roll egg at half 10 this morning, watching Match of the Day. And I've, I felt quite complete. <laughs> it was like, but, but a roll egg, and then I had, what was the other one? Like, celebrations. So kind of breaking my own rule there. But oh, yeah, it, it wasn't good. Um, it won't be good on the old toilet situation in the morning, but regardless, forget all that. The only the only toilet situation is at the Hawthorns tomorrow at three o'clock. That's we can all agree on that one. 
And they're, they're having another protest as well. God bless them. <laughs> well, they are adorable, aren't they? They're two million pound loans. <laughs> I can't believe that one. That the fact that they already took out a twenty-six million pound <laughs> loan, and now they've added another two million on top to loan to themselves—it's all a mess. But we're not talking about them. Isn't it to the uh, owner or something like that? That Kieran Maguire yeah. said the other day they was in big trouble. Yeah, the, the two million loan was the owners effectively loaned it from one of his other companies, and then they're paying like seventy-six percent interest over a year. <laughs> which is borderline ridiculous. Um, and I, how they're getting away with it, God knows, but okay. that's <laughs> that, that's where we are. Um, but we're not talking about that, like we said, four, four minutes into the show. <laughs> well, um, go on to the, who was it? Was it Danny Rosmond who turned the uh, the national loppery, as we, we call in the uh, team selection roulette then? <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll start where we always start and when this came out, Jafel, what was your first thought? Because for me, I was actually excited for a change. Yeah, I think I think excitement's probably the right word. Um, I think I was I was a little surprised to see Pedence probably start after what's been a bit of a um, tumultuous uh, week for him um, with everything that's gone on or didn't happen uh, at Forest last week. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I was like you, I was excited because having a team without Neves in there, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, a lot of us had ideas of, of how that might be a positive for us. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that later when we talk about Matthias Nunes, but it was good. You know, it's good to see something that's progressive and what we felt like that was going to create more chances and having that lineup there, like you say, it's exciting. So it's, it's something to get behind. What did you think about Costa starting, Josh? I know oh, you've uh... you've got to put you've got to play a number nine. Off, like after Forest last week, you've just got to play a number nine every game. I know they're all pish what we've got, but <laughs> got to play one. There's, it's I think the problem is it's like you saw it last week. There's just nothing to aim for, and at least with Costa, you've got something there. But you know, you look at the team, and it was I think that was the best he could pick. I was dreading he was going to put Martinho in, and we was going to see. Another 90 minute howler from him, but no, look, team, you did well there. After I was questioning him last weekend, you did really well. Yeah. And you, you look at that and you think, well, what what even lineup is that going to be? What, what formation is that going to be? And for the most part, it looked, it looked to me like a 4 4 1 1, which mm. have we seen him play properly before? Because I can't think of him doing it. I mean, he's, he's kind of played, we've done the whole Nunes on the left-hand side thing in the past, especially against Liverpool, where it worked really well. But where you look at that and you've got Pedence and... Well, that's that's all really the wide men that you've got, because Cunha's not a wide man for me. Um, and then you look and Gomez and Lamina are never going to drift outside of the centre circle, and rightly so. Um, so, I don't know, was you thought... The only problem I had be- beforehand was, is this midfield going to get overrun by playing almost effectively two up top? I, I think that fair maybe have been that, but I think what we know about Lamina and Gomez is that they are just, I think they're in a word, tenacious and 
the work rate that we saw yesterday and the work rate that we know that they can put in was, you know, was and is incredible. Um, they can do the work of two, uh, those two can do the work of four players. And Joe Gomez, he just doesn't stop. And yesterday he he looked like a player who'd been playing in the Premier League for five years, mm-hmm. six years. You know, we've got to remember this is what his second or third start. It's It's incredible. A young lad coming over from Brazil, he's really put his stamp on that game against people who played in the Champions League, like Kovacic, um, you know, uh, Enzo Fernandes, who is apparently the golden child, child of uh, football <laughs> at the moment, and Conor Gallagher, <laughs> who is the biggest shithouse to ever come out of London. Um, and that, that's some yeah, statement as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think I'm just a, a bit sore about him yesterday. I just There was a, a few, like... I don't know, it was three or four times he just left his foot in yesterday and he just pissed me off. I think there's always somebody who just annoys me every game now and I, it's just it's just seeping out into every review show. <laughs> which is not, not good, but it is what it is. But yeah, I thought them yeah, two did, did a good job of handling these world-class players, you know. Yeah, there's been observations about your Pottymouth behaviour on these on these shows you've found the last few weeks. This is what we'll do to you. But not yesterday. Which is the main point, and I mean, I I couldn't believe. Well, the, the guy next to me said to me, he "said Who is that guy at the back for them?" And I thought, "Oh, fine, okay, fine." And then, no, 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 not for fine, not the one with the hair. Who is the other one? I couldn't believe it was Koulibaly. I hadn't. No, he looked like Frank Sinclair. He's never been that big before. He looked absolutely <laughs> Koulibaly. Yeah, he's he looked absolutely there. huge, and I, I couldn't believe my eyes. So I, I know I'm not exactly the the right person to be talking about body size and shape. But <laughs> I'm not paid millions of pounds a year on a, on a on a football pitch, am I? And from what happened later on, that was ridiculously deemed a foul against Wang. And you think, well, surely someone of that caliber shouldn't oh, caliberly, um, shouldn't be. <laughs> in the state that he's in and I think it was <laughs> it looked like detriment to the whole club really because like you you are right Joe, when you look at that that team and it does scream Champions League all the way through it I mean even the even the subs not there even yeah with Mudrick Pulisic even about I'd even forgot about me and was still there to be honest until I saw that yesterday um but yeah I mean you know what? We skirted around it too much. Let's just show the goal again from beyond the goal. Oh, it's just I mean, just oh, how many just... times have you watched this over and over again? Just so good. Week? I'm just, just so because... good that is. I mean, it, it, you can't even say that it wasn't deserved because I mean, for me, it was it was one of the things where we had freedom and we went at them. And for it to for for it to encapsulate into that, I mean, I I literally left my left the floor. <laughs> I was uh, I, I was, I was airborne on more than a couple of occasions, and it, it was where does that rate in Premier League goals in the last four years? Is that not the best goal? I'd argue is that not the best goal we've scored since we've come up? Maybe if not in the Fossen era, I know the Neves Derby goal, but think of. How big that goal could be in terms of our season as well, yeah, like the audacity yeah, to right try it. You know, maybe not as good because the Neves goal. I don't think you will ever be, but I think it's up there just because of how important it could be. 
it was just oh unbelievable. Yeah, not many like yeah. it, is there? The, the, I mean, the only one I can think of, in, even in the first scenario, is probably um, Neves versus was it Espanyol. A very, very good goal, mm-hmm. but there's, there's no yeah, other. Nothing that comes close, yeah. Yeah, I think we've... <laughs> and that, that, that is some shout, actually. I, I was a bit unprepared for that one. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, you know. And... Well, we'll put that to put that to the back burner in a minute. And we touched on him before, but there's one man who's been, who's had a lot of stick and rightly so, and Diego Costa. But like you said, Josh, after Forest, and every time you come on here and on Twitter as well, and we're screaming for a centre forward. <laughs> it's just What's one that? of them, isn't it? Like. There's just something to aim for, and I've never seen him run so much in a wolf shirt. There was a bit, there was a bit in the second half just before he come off when he picked the ball up in about right back, and he carried it about twenty yards or so and off Joe Felix. I was like, he's <laughs> like his little bitch sort of thing. <laughs> but he just played so well, you know. He's just he ran his heart out for the team, and I would, I just hope he can score one goal before he leaves. Just one is all I ask. Like if you could shit out Ramsdale on the last day, that would like make the season for me. Yeah, and what do you think, Jafar? You you've been as critical as uh, not as much as pricey, I think, but as anyone of of Diego Costa and his inability to move. But yesterday, especially for the first thirty thirty five minutes, I thought he looked as fit as anyone. Yeah, he looks he looks like he's probably lost lost a few a uh, few pounds as well, which is nice. But um, yeah, he's, he's, he did well yesterday. He, he did everything that was asked of him. I think I only echo what, what Josh says that we need a focal point in the attack. And I think if you look at the game yesterday, the difference between the two sides was exactly that. You know, Diego Costa, although he's into his thirties and he's slowing down and he's lost he lost the uh, the yard of pace that he didn't really have anyway, um, compared to. Kai Havertz playing oh, as a number nine for Chelsea. There's there's no comparison, and uh, and you could see how that ability to hold the ball up and not create turnovers was crucial to the game because for all the possession that Chelsea had yesterday, which was over sixty percent, they didn't create chances, and we did a lot better with a lot less of the ball, which which says testament to what the likes of um, Costa did yesterday. Yeah, I mean you. You're saying that about creating chances. You look at that in open play, total attempts, nine for us, 13 for them, three in open play, nine for them. How many were on target? Yep. Shots yeah. on target, one, one. One for Chelsea, yeah. And that that was straight down Sar's throat, I think. Is that the one where he just he just comfortably yeah. gathered up? Um, yeah, that was uh, Joe Felix, yeah. And even it's, it's it's crazy. Tackles, corners, clearances, all very similar against. I know Chelsea are pretty shit this year, but still, you, you've got to you got to play with what you can play against. And for coming off the the Forest game last week, where for eighty minutes we, it was pretty piss poor. <laughs> um, to then turn, I mean, it's typical Wolves way, and we talked about this two or three weeks ago that this is what would happen. We'd probably lose to Forest and beat Chelsea, but to put in them kind of numbers there, where over five hundred touches of the ball compared to their seven fifty three, 
You don't expect that, do you, Jafal? I mean, it, especially with the genius of Lampard being back in charge. I, I mean, he, he has to get in as probably one of the greatest Chelsea managers of all time, I think. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's fantastic. No, yeah. I digress. Yeah, it was, it, it's fantastic the way the way it was set up and the way that, you know, Lopetegui's approached that game. I know, it's understandable, yeah, Lampard's just come in, he's, he's fresh to that squad, but, you know, he has been managing in the Premier League this season, we, we mustn't forget, and he was uh, he knows most of those Chelsea players because the, the Chelsea squad hasn't changed that much since he was last there. There's only a few different players in there. So he's fully aware of the team that he's working with. So to go out there and set up a team like that and, and to do what was much more than a snatching grab because essentially we I think we should have probably won that game three or four nil. I think we were a lot better and wasted a lot of opportunities. Mm. Was highly impressive from Lopetegui and that's what we need to see more of and we need to see now this this starting eleven that went against Chelsea to be sort of cemented going into the next couple of games because there's no reason to change it around too much. The players are on the fringes who can come in. They need to earn their place now. The likes of Huang, Sarabia and, and Neves when he comes back need to earn their place back because that was a pretty much a 9 out of 10 performance yesterday. There was a couple of little things on the edge that weren't quite perfect, but to, something to set a standard to go forward by, then I, I can't see why we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't stay with that moving forward. Yeah, and I, you've got to beat me to it there. The already <laughs> issue, I suppose, that comes out of yesterday, and not just me, <laughs> I'm trying to make it all about me, but I, when I, I mentioned <laughs> um, that we'd have a better midfield without Nevers in the team in January, effectively, on Twitter, and I, inevitably I got abuse, which, fair enough, a statement like that, it's pretty out there. But, does he does he have to earn his place now, Josh? Because for me, like Jafel just said, it was a 9 out of 10 performance from a lot of them. And it looked a lot more balanced than it has done for for weeks. It, okay, I think it obviously depends what happens next weekend. If we play against Brentford, lose 3-0, then you automatically come straight back in. And like, mm-hmm. I think we played, obviously we played brilliantly yesterday, but I also, I would implore fans not to get too carried away with this. Neves is missing and with the dog's bollocks again because <laughs> you know he's still our best player, whether you whether like it or not. And he's, he's gonna you but the thing is, you know what'll happen. Typical Wolves. Have a couple of games very him, we'll be great. Next game we lose, we'll be like, fucking hell, should have had Neves. This is why you're playing Neves and you'll have the discourse of that. But I think he has got to earn his place because so is every player. But he's also our best player. And like, yeah, we played brilliantly, but we played brilliant against Liverpool and there was no questions of why aren't we? Why are we still playing Nevers when we beat Liverpool? Is that I think it's what game plan we got to play as well. Is you know not to digress too far, but to get back to Forest last week, it was death by a thousand passes, and that's never been the Wolves' way. Whereas this week it was what Forest were to us last week: get the ball direct, get the ball forward, and just create issues. And that you can see the difference there straight away, you know. And I think it, whether you would have Neves in the midfield or not, you'd probably get still get the same level of performance. That's a fair point with the Liverpool one, to be fair. Um, but that is weird to say, you know, because with you being significantly younger than us, um, and <laughs> the um, the backs to the wall kind of direct football being the, air quotes, Wolves way of doing things, um, which we haven't really had as much of recently. 
even you, I'm guessing even you were bored stiff at Forest with all the with the horseshoe of passes over and over again. Because I know some people like, love possession football and it's all well and dandy, and yeah, we got a point at the end or whatever. But I've said this before that it doesn't seem to be the Wolves' way, and there's a lot of people, not just people who are in the fifties and with shaved head who beat the wives at the weekend. It's not just them, not just them kind of people who you think are the dinosaurs don't like passing football. You're saying it as a as a young book that you don't like it when it's as bad as that either, and you prefer it to play like we did yesterday. The thing is, the best football that you've seen at Wolves is obviously in the new now. In the Premier League, it was not as very. Every time we we was given the ball in the Premier League, remember that stat where it was like if you give us fifty percent of the ball, we'd lose basically. In the, it was like in the second or first season we come up. But the best football is it's direct turnovers, counter-attack. How exciting was that second half? Okay, it was now biting, but you always looked threatening on the counter-attack. That was the most threatening looked on the counter-attack for years, that is. I think the problem you've got is death by a thousand passes just just isn't going to work. Not, well, not with the quality of player Wolves have got. You know, we've got... We need to run us things like that. Huang, this is why you're so good, because... It's it needs to be direct football. I think that's what Lockteg is doing, bringing the best out of these players by going direct. You saw last weekend how crap it was, just death by a thousand passes, side to side, side to side. Benefits no one. Yeah. Get that ball forward and get it in the net. Exactly. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, <laughs> let's not go down that route again. We know he's at Everton and he's happy there. Um <laughs> But there's a good point here, which we haven't even touched on yet. I'm still with the the right. Dawson was a hero, and I I slagged him off last week, um, and last few weeks as well, thinking that he's he'd come in and he'd, he'd had his his peak with us, and it had been like a, a bit of a honeymoon period where he'd done no wrong, and you know, the the repurposed Jody Craddock chance for him and everything, and. He seemed to have dropped off into a kind of like a sea level, but I thought yesterday, then two at the back were impervious again. Yeah, world class. The block um, in the second half from um, from Dawson was just. I, I don't want to compare it to another Wolves centre back of recent times, but it was very similar to putting his body on the line and giving everything for the football club, which is which is what you want. You want these footballers who are going to put their bodies on the line to get to get points to sound like Neil Warnock. You know, you've got to kill yourself <laughs> for three points or whatever he said, something like that. <clears throat> but it, it's, it was incredible just to see, you know, four defenders in there who probably had probably arguably if one of their best games, if not their best game in a wall shirt, really putting everything on the line for the full 90 minutes, which which is un, unheard of in recent times. And it's, it's the difference between us getting a point and three yesterday was, was that back four. And they should be every, every single one of them should be proud of themselves and, and, and say that, you know, they did a fantastic job yesterday. But once again, that's the standard that's been set now to move forward from. So that's what we expect every, every game apparently now. So we'll see, but yeah, Dawson, fantastic. Definitely a standout. I remember you, coming well, on here after you know the Brighton review, and said I got sent off, and I give you go back. I give you so much shit. I was like, "He's <laughs> the worst twenty-eight million pound signing ever." Goodness, he's shit. He's get rid of him in January. And then 
But I thought, I don't think Smedel's been given enough credit for what he played yesterday. He was fantastic. And under Lopetegui, he's such a consistent performer, in fairness. And like, I did never think I'd say that about Smedel. I thought, he felt like he always had a, a clangor in him. And I'm going to jinx him there for next weekend. But you know what I mean? Like, it always felt like that mistake was, for every good performance, there was a mistake around the corner where he's going to shit the bed and concede a goal. But, and I also think Kilman gets far too much hate by Wolves fans. They go, yes. it's because I think Collins is showing a new toy thing. It's like, oh, we should play <laughs> Collins more. And But Kilman only gets played because he's left-footed. No, it's because he's fucking better than Collins. That's why. Yeah. Well, we know who that's saying, that, Dan. Um, but I think with with, with Samedo, I think you're, you're spot on. I think he, he does kind of go under the radar how consistent he is because when he does have... When he does drop a bollock, he does it in spectacular fashion. And he, he's not just, but he, you know what I mean? He's, he's, so he's not just, he just he doesn't just do make one mistake. His whole game just completely collapses and he's awful for that it, for the entire ninety minutes. Um He always loses us the game. That's the problem. He drops the bollock that loses us the game. It's never like okay, like one nil down inside the first ten minutes of shoot. It's like fuck me, we've lost the game because of him. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's been, there's a guy who sits a few rows in front of me, and he's he's one of them who he calls him Nels every week. Like, fuck's sake, Nels! Even though he hasn't if he hasn't done anything wrong, he's just like he's constantly. <laughs> on it. He doesn't. I've mentioned him before. He doesn't celebrate ever. He's just he's a he's a weirdo. He's tapped. I had a go at him two weeks ago. He did turn up yesterday, did he? Shock. But he, he's one of them. He just seems to be a target for everyone, and I, I I generally don't know why because other than his first six months when he was legitimately bad. Um, I don't think he's ever actually really been had a consistent run of play where he's been terrible. He's just a very, like I said, he's very up. He's an up and down player, but when he's bad, he's really bad. But for the rest yeah. of the time, he's so just on the level consistent that he kind of goes under the radar. And I think talking about Samado, oh, that's a point in the comments there from our friend Dean Marsden. Samado on nine bookings, which. He's incredible considering maybe that's maybe that's why his performance is measured because he, he's thinking about things more and then he can't be as rash as he has been recently. But I didn't know. I can't that. wait that's... for next weekend. He's going to drop a fucking stinker, <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> he's going to do so. He's going to like let give away a penalty on Tony or something. Like you remember Marcel first season, <laughs> grab Tony to the floor. So we're going to be like something like that in next weekend. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, he has had a, a few of them moments anyway. You you think oh is he just going to give a penalty away here because he's yeah. he's been beaten and but there hasn't been many of them recently so fair play but yeah when does it, when does that end Jeff you know is it next week or the week after uh, I think it's might be might be next week yeah it's it's coming up very quickly yeah so yeah it'd be good if he can get past that because it's like you say he's been very measured in it and and been very careful and you know I, I'm just going to keep my hand on my wooden desk while I talk about this but. <laughs> yeah, so he's been playing well, and long may it can continue. But the the thought of him going up against a slightly more uh, physical uh, attacking lineup in Brentford next week uh, has me a little bit more concerned than Yao Felix and Kai Havertz, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's, but, especially when you realise that if he does get suspended, that it's Johnny who comes back in for two games. <laughs> Stick Collins out there. Very good, rather. <laughs> well, you, you, you say that. You mean he, he's not averse at playing players out of position, is he? And we come on to him now. Totti Gomez. 
speak to me, Josh. How is this guy so amazing at what he does? What? What? How is he left backlog? What is going on? <laughs> the thing is, someone said it yesterday. The lad Osit boy uh, first saying ticket. He said it's a bit like you know Newcastle. They've got Dan Burn and things yeah, like yeah. that, and they're just you got this like this massive shit out just at left back, <laughs> just to like. It's like you got the third cent, you got the height of the third cent draft, but you can actually play with the ball. But I remember when he was at Grasshoppers, I know it like the standard of the league is terrible, but he he was really good at like his dribbling. His dribbling was really high. The percentiles for that were really good at like breaking into the final third and things. And maybe, just maybe that that is that might be the position for him. Not too attacking. Because every time he, you know we like he goes for like a cross, it's like he's gonna wind it up on his left foot before he crosses it first. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to like wind it up and then put it in, but no, mate, unbelievable performance. I mean, when that that one run that he went on, where he, he was in the end just hacked down, and you think <laughs> fair play, and it, and a point on the atmosphere as well. I think that kind of got the got the crowd going a bit as well because it was again very drab and very quiet to start with, and we've come to expect that now because that's seemingly what Molyneux is now after COVID, but. I thought I thought second half, no one really got on their backs, which was nice. When it's been very nervy recently, um, and understandably, like against Leeds until the, the failed comeback attempt. But uh, pat on the back for everyone yesterday because he didn't seem like that to me. Yeah, I thought everyone played played pretty exceptionally. Just, I think the only, the only person I, I don't want to single somebody out for praise or single anyone out for not playing too well but I thought the only one who probably wasn't a 9 out of 10 yesterday was Pedence I think he just struggled a little bit I just think he just struggled to get going but the rest of them fantastic and yeah to, to, to come swing it back around to Tony Gomez um, wow um, that's exactly everything <laughs> and I said it last week I said it last week it's, it's exactly what we need in the left back somebody who can get the ball in early and cross the ball um, and, and the crosses that we've seen from uh Got uh, Totti in the last couple of games have been brilliant, so I, I'm even if it is full Tony Pulis, I am not averse to Collins playing right back <laughs> if he can do the same, same thing. I do not care as long as we stay in this league. I couldn't give two shits. <laughs> Style of football does not matter as long as you win games. In this point, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talked to Leeds about style of football today. <laughs> <laughs> What a what a joy that was! But you say that Pedence was the only one that struggled. I thought for as good as you know what we'll, we'll go on to it now. Player of the match, well, man of the match slash player of the match. If you're going to be PC about it, because <laughs> I it is what it is. A modern world. Uh, who do you who do you even start with? Obviously, any excuse to show it again. Let's just bring it back up again. That Matias Nunes, I thought for. 80, 85 minutes was probably at his best game and he was superb until he started doing silliness again and on the edge of his own box and getting caught out. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you felt there were so many candidates bar Pedensen and maybe Adama when he came on because he didn't really have, have time or chance to do much. Um, go on then, Josh. Run of the match. Uh... How's I sort now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd probably give it Nunes just for you can't score that goal and not get man of the match for me. Like the quality, his performance was so matured as well, and it 
the thing is, he looked like he cared. And like one lad said on Twitter something like, when you think about it, he was oddly enough for like 90 minutes grabbing the badge when he scores. I know it's these little things, but it's like, maybe he does actually care a little bit, you know. But um, I think you'd have to say, Nunes, just like say, you can't score that goal, that absolute wonder strike and not win, ma- and you know, win the game in that fashion and not get man of the match. Fair. Do you feel? Are you I feel bad mind? For, I feel bad for wanting to say something different because I want to say Joe Gomez because... Say Joe Gomez. Uh, Joe so, Gomez for me was just brilliant. I, he, like, he ran that midfield. Like I said earlier, he made Enzo Fernandez, aka the best wonder kid in the world, apparently, uh, and Kovacic, who played for Real Madrid and played in the Champions League. He made them look average. He made them look like little children out there because he was aggressive. He was uh, proactive, winning the ball back. He he was that midfielder that we've cried out for so long for that combative. Pitbull, as everyone likes to call him, fantastic. (laughs) You look at, like I mentioned earlier, where the average positions on the pitch, and him and Lamina did not leave that centre circle. And you look, it's literally proved there. And they didn't need to, because when he was like a magnet, and he is, them two were, I know we're going back onto the Nevis thing again, but them two together are kind of what we've lacked for a long time. And I don't think it's it's almost a kind of it's a shame really because with you can't really play Nevers in front of them, can you? Or or as part of that because it just messes it all up. So it's it's a weird one. But I I, I was kind of fingers crossed there for you to say Joe Gomez in the uh, Joe Gomez unveil video, Jafel. But that that voice is uh, the voice of a well, Joe Gomez. <laughs> He, he says that brilliantly, that bloke. He's a legend. We're still waiting for confirmation if they got that bloke to do it again or it was just a bit of a piss take. There's someone doing it over the top. Um... <laughs> I, I really hope it was him. I really do. Because he, he was just perfect. And he just, it just it sums up the way that we are as a, as a fan base. <laughs> The way that we're seen by everyone else. <laughs> well, I, I I sent the, the the video to my mate who's a Bolton fan, and obviously they had a great weekend last weekend for them. Um, that, yeah. But he he saying like he, I re, I think I commented on it as well that his mate had um had a, a slice of pizza with a crown on, and he had it tattooed on his arm. <laughs> he, <laughs> PJT Papa John's Trophy 23 next to it. <laughs> oh my god that is on, that's something else on his arm forever and you think well I'd kind of like to think that if we had took the JPT seriously when we were in League 1 and I'd have a paint can of somewhere on my body just for a laugh <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same kind of levels but no, I think there's a lot of love for uh, Joe Gomez in the comments and mainly attacking you Josh but there we are, Danny P. If Nunes' goal was a tapping man of the match, it'd be Joe Gomez. But yeah, I think that's kind of pedants to pop up in the chat, isn't it? Yeah, get it because it was Danny P. <laughs> <laughs> you watch it. Well, no, it's him. It's just if that comment appears on his Instagram later, that will be the <laughs> highlight of watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> but then Julie Watkins there. Really pleased with the team performance. They all looked up for it, and they did. 
Uh, like we like we commented earlier that everyone was Barpadens was a nine out of ten, and I think one thing that we, no, I don't think anyone's really touched on really, but there's been a bit of a criticism over the last few weeks. I mean, you, you go back to the lineup again, and you look at the subs there; they weren't just chucked on the pitch like they have been the last few weeks. I mean, you had the options: Collins, Neto, Huang, Sarabia, Matinho, Troyore, Hodge, who's disappeared disappeared completely. Um, and Hugo Bueno, and do you think that was intentional, Javier? Because he has got a bit over the top of it, race in the last few weeks. I think he needed to get control of it. I think that's there was um, a sort of over reliance on having to change things, but I think that comes from not having a settled starting eleven and and not having a game plan that's worked from the off. I think that was the key difference yesterday. The the the, the way that we played the game and the way that we were set up worked from minute one. And now he needs to, as a manager, needs to make sure that that continues. And it's not going to be easy to say, okay, every game will be the same. But having sort of a structure to follow and an idea to follow and to say, okay, well, these nine or these 10 are going to be in the starting 11 again next week and going forward until you lose your place, then I think that that'll only be the only way that they get any control over these uh, over-reliance on substitutions. And so I think we've been saying it, like we need to have some sort of settled starting eleven. Yeah, that's fair. And I think like the comment that we just put up there about the um, emotions yeah, of the last few on. weeks, that things had got a bit out of control and... We all love a bit of good conspiracy theory, and <laughs> no, it's it's over to Brighton this week for that to uh, for them to have a go at that. But after yesterday's farce, but there was a bit more um, containment, as we say, and a bit more composure with everyone. And it's a lot of ridiculous things. I mean, we mentioned Frank Sinclair earlier, Josh, but that challenge that Huang made. I mean, <laughs> were you up? Oh, just the thing is, I didn't quite catch it, and I was just like, "Oh, is that is everyone overreacting for like no reason?" But I, like I said on Twitter, I feel like it is a pile of shit VAR. But the stuff like that, they should leave it and go right. Ref, let that run, like they did with offside. Let it run, and let's yeah. see. You know, let let let's have someone else make a decision on it. You know, like early in the season, Jimenez against Newcastle, Neto fouls Frazier. Mm-hmm. Referee lets referees other side of the pitch lets it run. They are can make a decision. Okay, we will get it displayed because it is wolves. But you know what I mean, like that sort of thing. I think they should look at. But uh, just going back to that point with like keeping your mouth in check. I think so. Johnny Phillips did an article on it, and it was like about it, it reflects on your team. You know, if you're up in arms constantly and seeing the bench being quite erratic, log leads being quite erratic, and things like that, it reflects on the players because that's what they are then players are an embodiment of that management style. And you know, like, under new now, it was calm and composed to the very end. And that's probably why we scored so many last-minute goals, because it was calm, composed, believing the plan to the end. And whereas under Lopetegui, it's been a little bit erratic and the refs are part of shit. And yeah, I know they are, but at a, at a point, you've got to go, let's calm down. We can't, and let's, you've still got to play through it, haven't you? Every time we get shafted by VAR and still win the game and things like that. Yeah, very well said. And I, I hadn't even considered that about why why it was just blown up straight away, especially with it being a goal scoring opportunity, which it would have been. Um, that's what made me even more yeah. mad now because it's again the, the inconsistency of it all. Because yeah, it, it was on a plate, 
Yeah. He should have scored. Whether, it would have, whether his shot would have reached the goal, I don't know. You know what Strabby is like. Leak as piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you in Dan's camp with Sarabia then? Because... I don't know. I've, I think there's a player there. I think he'd be better in a possession-based side, but I don't know. Like... He didn't do a fat lot yesterday. I know David had the chance, neither did Adama, but against Forest, it was a bit uninspiring as well. Like, he come on and there was that one ball while they're down the line and he just massively overhit it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you've got, you've got, for four, he's one of them for four million quid. It's like, even if he's plays like he does, you ain't going to live. You know, four million quid in the Premier League, it ain't nothing, is it? If they spent 20 million quid, then the serious questions would be asked. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the, uh, the money that was wasted on Guinness. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 31 million quid on them two. <laughs> <laughs> the king's finest. <laughs> well, we have, we have for everyone who's uh, holding their breath with suspense, we have got um, information from Danny P that he's not actually Daniel Pedence. <sighs> so just, uh, just to clarify there for everyone. Um, <laughs> so we'll just... You know what, we'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and look at the league table and the goal-scoring situation <laughs> that we've we got <laughs> ourselves in. Um, so we're back in for video people, seven seconds. Everyone knows that putting money aside and savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. So we scored, though. That's that's one thing. Um, <laughs> And we, to be fair, we have scored three goals in the last 120 minutes at Molyneux, so it's it's getting better. <laughs> but this was, I mean, this amazed me when this popped up on Match of the Day last night, that Wolves' last 12 Premier League goals were scored by 12 different players. And I mean, we, we were asking for it, weren't we? We were asking to share goals around. <laughs> well, mainly because we haven't got a striker. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> One one goal from a, from a striker in a whole year, but like you said, it's we've been we've been asking for it. But who ends the season as top goal scorer now? I mean, I'd be surprised if it's not Pedence. I just I can see him probably getting another couple more because Nevers Nevers okay, he's one behind, but even then, you still you he he doesn't do a lot does he, in terms of like. Shots, shots per game. Um, so it's going to take some kind of mad run from somebody else to uh, to do it. And it's not going to happen, is it? It's, it's got to be my favourite from the YouTube comments, Danny P. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Pedence. I'll be very surprised if it's not. But, you know, the question I do have is, but if you don't class Cooney as a striker, because I don't think he is, no, it will be like the probably the greatest feat in or the most underrated feat in Premier League history to go to Lopetegui to come in, not have a single striker score a goal and keep the team up. <laughs> okay. Think how crazy that is. 
I mean, it, Cunha is basically getting this by default because he was playing up front that day. <laughs> and it was like, it's not even a Cunha goal, I'm sorry. That Melier saving that shot and it's deflected in. I'd rather give it an own goal so the stat stays. <laughs> and grace it. Take, take this up with IFAB because there's goals that... Although, remember, you see that one in, in Portugal the other week where the, the keeper scored from his own area um, and it hit the bar the other end and hit the, the other keeper on the back and went in as an own goal. And you think, oh, come on, man. This is... <laughs> I, I know it's technically an own quite a few of them um, recently where keeper own goals are on the rise for this kind of reason. You think, oh, it's, it's against the spirit of things. But... Yeah. Talking about the spirit of things, you look at the league table and the 13th, which has been our kind of natural home for the last two months, a four-point buffer. Amazing. I mean, they're not on that graphic, but if we beat Brentford next week, we're only nine points behind them. Huh? I know. It's outrageous. And what then do you, you mean? Look... The God's greatest creation of all time would have been nine points behind them and we've been terrible all season. That does not feel possible. Yeah. That said, Neville will probably lose. <laughs> well, they've had our number out there, and that's kind of one for the preview show, really. But if you look at how this weekend's results have gone for us, and Everton being done really pretty easily yesterday, and, and their leads today, um, Leicester with their footballing genius being appointed in the next couple of days, do you, felt, do you, do you think he's going to make a difference? I mean, I think I've, I've mentioned it a few times in the past. Um, I do follow Mr. Marsh on, on LinkedIn and his uh, his posts are very up there with Ted Lasso. There is not a lot between them. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll do great. I'm sure he'll do great. But it's it, he's not going to make an impact for them. And I, I truly think they're sleepwalking into championship, which is... For a club that's won the league title in the last decade, is a gross mismanagement of a football club, and I think them selling all the players and reinvesting it into shit like Soyuncu <laughs> and players such as is, is you know it says a lot about the way that a football club has been has been run since the uh, sad passing of their owner um, a few years ago now. Yeah, and there is. Um... There's weird similarities as well. When I had a look at this the other, the other day, how quickly Blackburn got relegated after they won the league in the 90s. It's it's almost a case of, yeah, you've had your time, you've had your fun now. Yeah, cheerio. Yeah, back, back, to, where you, uh, back to where you came from. But, I mean, uh, Danny presented the comments again there. Steve Cooper, Dark Horse, the manager <laughs> of the season. I can't believe he's still there. Manny, through through choice or the fact that that, that mad lunatic ain't sacked him yet. If you look at Forrest now, on, on I know it's 27, it's still only four points, but their running is terrible. And they just looked shot yesterday against Villa. From yeah. a, I know it's only match of the day and Villa still only scored one that was laid on a plate from and then the other in the 94th minute against 10 men. But... You got God's gift in Gibbs White, just not tracking back at all at the end. And if he's their only hope, then God knows. I mean, they they didn't win their cup final last week, and they they looked doomed. So 
You're taking Southampton and Forest. Who's the third going to be this week, um, Josh? <laughs> uh, see, I, I don't know. I feel like Leicester. It's such a. It feels like a bit surreal because obviously, like such modern history, that they're such a you know FA Cup winners as well. Two European back-to-back campaigns, one semi-final. It feels like they're far too big to go down almost. Um, but like bringing in Ted Lasso. Couldn't get a tune out of signing 140 million's worth of players at Leeds. That was all he wanted. And then you expect him to come into Leicester like a bit of an aging and decrepit side almost and expect him to fire them to safety. It's got to be like new management or nothing. But I'd, at the minute, you'd probably say Leicester. But it feels like, I mean, I remember thinking last after Leeds beat Forest in the week, oh, Leeds are safe now and look at them, they're right back <laughs> in it now. It's just like this league is so crazy. Every week it's someone else. My outside I mean, shape might be Chelsea. Just watch Chelsea. You know, <laughs> Chelsea. In, in, in the running. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Frank does it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, there was that report out tonight worrying about their FFP situation and mm. they, they, might have, they might have overspent because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's a, like Half the league is a complete joke. So, but, Jafel, your three... At this moment in time on the on Easter Sunday, yes, um, Southampton, uh, Bournemouth, and Forest. I think I, I don't want to write Leicester off just yet because I think they've got a very very good pool of players still, uh, and I, st- I I think that Ted might still come in and give him some of that you know belief. <laughs> Bournemouth, Bournemouth on thirty points, the same. Yeah, one one behind us. I still I, mean, I still got a funny realistic- feeling about Bournemouth. Yeah. Realistically, I need six points from eight games there. Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier in the in the group chat, I think probably um, thirty six to thirty eight probably just keep teams up this season. And I, but I think they just aren't consistent enough. They'll they'll get one win in five, so that puts them very 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 close to being on that limit. And I think that we, you know um, they've got a tough run in as well, like everyone else has. Um, I'd, I'd rather be in their position now than in Leicester's and Forest's because, you know, chasing teams is always puts a little bit, that te- another 10% on top of you. And that's why I'm glad where we are, we are where we are because the work that was done initially under Lopetegui was incredible to get us off the route, that, you know, because we were rooted, we were where Southampton are now, but we were cut adrift and we're now in a great position. And, and from eight games, we need to win probably two to stay up, which is... Pretty good, pretty damn good, if I'm going to be honest. And I, I cannot complain. I'm still fairly confident of our position in the league as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that many at this point because if it looking at the because they all play each other again next weekend, don't they? Um, it's it's one of them weird ones where only half of them are going to get points. So I don't know. Maybe it's it, hard. I feel like you're going to start seeing teams being cut adrift, aren't you? Slowly now, like. I think Southampton are gone. I think that's the thing. It's tight. I think it'll be for the last spot, you know, Leicester. Because, I, I mean, Leicester got Man City next weekend. The thing is, we're in the position we can get to Leicester in a couple of weekends' time. You know, they've got Ted Lasso bounce and we can probably play for a draw. You know, it's just the little things like that. But I, I'd like to think... I'd, you're still going to aim for 40, haven't you? But hopefully we can get something against Brentford, something against Leicester and try and sneak something against Roy Hodgson's magic... Palace side at the minute, and <laughs> we might, and we should be safe. Hopefully, 
the thing is, you, you think by Leicester, if by Palace in a couple of weeks' time, we might be safe, which is a nice thought after last weekend when I was already sweating on the championship. <laughs> I see, there's, there's no need, is there? It's such an overreact, like it's because it's so tight. Like I said to mate, I probably overreacted too much, but it's just so <laughs> tight down there. It's and like I, I don't know, it feels like because of all sense, like you're just waiting for the drop any second, like there's going to be a catch near somewhere, but hopefully that we would have done enough by now. Yeah, I think it's. I've got no fear, but I've had no fear for months. Much there might be three. I think there's three worse than us when it comes down to, and I think that's the big thing. Yeah, I think I, I think that the kind of oh, there's three worst teams. I think there's about six or seven worst teams than us, really, to be honest. And and it will show that come May as well, because for however ridiculous we are, that we don't score goals. <laughs> and there was um, a thing on the Athletic. No, it was on the TFL video that um, Tim Spears was on the other day about how, ba- how bad our XG has been, even over the last three years. Uh, yeah. It's been like average of a goal a game at best and against is like two. So you can't be losing on XG 2-1 every single week for three years and, and be in our situation, can you? Um, yeah. But it's, it is what it is, I suppose. I got like the thought of Everton at home being a massive party. Just, you know, the thought of that. We need, they're not gonna. They're like cockroaches. You just can't. There's probably more cockroaches in the ground than anywhere else. But the, that's kind of keeping them up at the same time. Especially, true. And you got. I don't know. About... We're gonna. We'll be safe by then, and then it'll be just like vibes around it. Hopefully, Sunday, like this weekend, two 0 yeah. Wolves win. Yeah. Confirm it for, and we'll be on forty-five points. <laughs> we we are gonna suffer Roy Hodgson's football Viagra situation. <laughs> That's all. That's all over and done with there for us. I mean, I, I, that was. He don't care, does he? He's just. Oh, he's living off fumes. It's amazing. Good old, good on him. Good old Roy. Fair play. But I was going to say go to Twitter corner, but it's amazing eh, when we actually play well and, and win. There's hardly anything at all. Um, but we have got two two very valid contributions. One from Todd. If um, to make a sequel to Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Which British dignitary would you like to see team up with Honest Abe? No, I don't know what this is. So, Josh, and I know you don't, Jeff, because you don't watch films. Um, Josh. You're asking the youngest in the room, boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, have you watched Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Because I've never heard of it before, and I'm actually quite intrigued now. Don't look like him on his watch Abe Lincoln's Vampire Hunter. Do you know who Abe Lincoln is? <laughs> Some American dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come get him at Josh underscore double, at Josh. No, it's not even Josh. Is it? At, right at Lem <laughs> underscore WWFC. Right all, the, all of you lot come and attack him, and that the, the, the British education system doesn't know your former presidents at all. Um, British dignitary. I'd probably say. I mean, Hugh Laurie is effectively royalty, so. I'd say that him. And one well, off nag that we can all kind of agree on. Do Cadbury's cream eggs count as Easter eggs? Because no. personally, for him now, because Easter eggs are hollow, so you can smash them. Yeah. But you can only get you can only get cream eggs in the Easter window from Boxing Day onwards. What do you mean yeah, I thought you could get cream eggs all year round? Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Every, no, you can't though. Everyone thinks this. You wait a few months, 
Come summer, you ain't getting no cream eggs anymore. Remind me of that. And when I'll go in the summer, I'll get some pure Mandela effect. This is, I'm not liking it. (laughs) Man's telling lies out here. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like you're spitting straight facts. No, no, it's straight fucking lies that he's just surely cream eggs, cream eggs, and mini eggs do not exist all year round. Yeah, they literally do. No, they don't. The two. Come on in the comments. I mean, Andy's Andy's just joining, and we're recording cage fighting later. Um, See, so even Todd, I'm disappointed. Is disappointed in me um, for not watching this film, which is fair. And so, and so is Andy there, to be honest. But again, it sounds right on my street. I mean, I went to watch the Mario movie on um, on Friday. Superb, best film of the year. And I, I've watched John, John Wick Four. And I, oh, I need to go and watch it. No spoilers. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's as good as it's a, it's on a par with the first. It's it's way better than two and three. I mean, the, the stuff in amazing. the stuff in John Wick Four that's that's stuff I've never seen done before. Almost like on a par with like bullet time levels of madness. It's in the Matrix. Just See, for more for more film talk like this, come and join us on Cage Fighting. You know where to find us. But oh, is it is there? A, <laughs> Which is, um, I'm, oh, we'll put it, it's, it's his name and it's been allowed on here. Uh, Ponce de Leon has uh, contributed saying, I could get cream eggs down Sandu's all year round, probably three years out of date, though, which is a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> because this this is only the only time you can get cream eggs at Christmas time. So it's you literally can't. I'm going to prove you wrong. And you look at the look at the expir- expiry dates and I want receipts. for This is for anyone as well, if you want to take you this have, challenge. You up. can have the types. You can have it all. I will find some. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> now this down for October or the start of next season. August. There might be some straggler eggs still. First time game of next season. I will bring you a cream egg. Yeah. That's, uh, don't bring me a cream pie as long as that's that, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a low um, on the tone. <laughs> wow. But we're we're back get, at you dirty can... den again. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes in a row. You can get them all year round if you're the, if you're that way inclined. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's getting silly now. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, cream eggs do not exist all year round. That's that's the takeaway from this weekend. Wolves are great. We're staying up, and we'll be comfortably twelve. Any more to add? <laughs> nah, <laughs> Maybe it's gone perfect. silly. Just absolutely perfect. Yeah, come on, you wolves. Come on, me babbies. Smash them lot next week. As long as it's Brentford and nothing else that we're smashing. Yeah, just Brentford. Nobody, nobody else. No cream pies again. Let's get it done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Who <laughs> <laughs> would be a Wolves fan, eh? I'm going for. People might yet win it here.